Welcome to Kevin Kev Talking Sports. I am Kev. And I am four and one Kev. Oh man, week one in the books. And how did we do? I'll take 80% on NFL against the spread every time. Thank you very much. Woo! What a week. Didn't, Four didn't and get, one, folks. Didn't get the perfecto coming out of the gate, but who who could possibly ever do that? Nobody could do that. Listen, that is how it is done. So for anyone who listened to our picks last week, I mean, the beauty of this this week, Kev, it's not just that we we got four out of five right against the spread, which is great. But three of those four, I mean, it was just kick back at halftime, have another beer. Like they were mm-hmm. done at yeah. halftime. And the fact that each of our lock of the week were among those, you know, just rock solid, easy winners. So we had the Vikings getting two against the Packers. They win outright 23 to seven. That was your lock of the week. My lock of the week was the Dolphins given two and a half to New England and they win 20 to seven. Those games, you know, very similar kind of situations, very similar game. We actually talked about them in tandem last week, you know, similar scenarios, right? It's kind of the, these established powers in the Packers and the Patriots going up against kind of young up and coming dynamic teams. And they both just got creamed. (laughs) And then we had the chiefs given three and a half to Arizona. And I mean, it was just a bloodbath 44 to 21. And then our fourth pick was the chargers given three and a half against the Raiders. That was a little bit closer. I mean, it looked like they might blow them out too, right? Early on, they were pretty far out there, but they let the Raiders hang around and, you know, thank goodness missed that two point conversion. And we did have one slip up with Carolina, which candidly that was our shakiest pick and you actually had some doubts and i feel a little bad because you know i'm the one up here in carolina i I drank the kool-aid well listen i think it was a popular pick among experts so it's not it wasn't a bad pick i just i just got a queasy feeling but you know i i signed on to it and i have no no qualms about it we almost got it i know and they that's the thing they were close and obviously that doesn't really matter but i think i would feel even worse if they were on the other side of one of those you know 20 to 7 just wipe out i mean they were right there probably should have won the game although they would have won by a single point and that wouldn't have been enough anyway <laughs> you know yeah yeah and uh, so one other thing you know kind of inside baseball that i just wanted to mention you know i think your trivia question in last week's episode involved coaches in week 1 and so we talked about how it would be interesting to see because, yeah. you know, among active coaches, the best active coach in week one is Andy Reid. Of course, the, the Chiefs just rolled. And then you had asked me, like, to name the other coaches who've won at least 10 games in week one. And so some of the ones on the list were John Harbaugh, easy win. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about Mike Tomlin and Pete Carroll. And I said, listen, both of those guys have a tough road in week one. You know, the Steelers playing the Bengals got the w yeah seattle playing denver got the w i mean it it's just crazy and uh and so the only one in the group that didn't win was bill belichick oddly enough yeah goes to show you that experience in the in the nfl in the head coaching position is very important in the nfl yeah and you look at so the denver seattle game is a perfect example you know you have nathaniel hackett 
rookie head coach and obviously bungled, you know, that end of game situation along with other things during the game. And I mean, I know you took an interest in that game. The Broncos are your Super Bowl pick. One thing that stood out to me is just how often the Broncos couldn't seem to get a playoff. I mean, the, the play clock was winding down every time, you know, and there were three or four of those plays where you're looking at it like, geez, didn't the clock expire? You know, the, the ref sometimes will give them a little benefit of the doubt on the clock. I mean, they were just struggling to get the, the ball snapped. Well, I wonder if that had a lot to do with crowd noise and they just wanted to calm it down. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the, I don't know what the theory is, but I, I don't expect them to play like that very much in the future. In fact, I, I think they're going to turn it around pretty quickly here this week, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. I mean, those are the kind of things that get ironed out, but it did sort of feel like that first game head coach, you know, he was just in a little bit over his head. Uh, and obviously the end of the game just was a disaster for the Bronco. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about them a little bit later mm-hmm. not to give anything away, but they are uh, among the games that we're, we're giving out as a pick. They dominated statistically and they marched up and down the field, but two fumbles at the goal line, you know, trying to punch in there for a score. I mean, it was really just <laughs> completely unpredictable that they would blow the game in that fashion. That, that was not an optimal opening day performance for Nathaniel Hackett. That's for sure. Mm-mm. Coaching, coaching problems and maybe some personnel meshing problems early on. So uh, I expect them still to be okay. Yeah. They'll, they'll get an ironed out. But listen, before we get too far into this, let's uh, let's thank our listeners and uh, hopefully the numbers will continue growing, uh, especially after a week one performance like that. You know, for those of you who are loyal listeners, spread the word that uh, we're doing some good things here. Uh, tune in for the live stream on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. It's K&K Sports on Twitch. And follow us on Twitter at Kevin Kev Picks. And, uh, you know, we've been putting a lot of stuff out there on Twitter. So um, keep an eye on that. And then on Instagram, Kevin Kev talking sports on Instagram. So we appreciate your listening and support. We're going to do our damnedest to keep giving you good picks. But uh, (laughs) I mean, four and one is getting it done. Yeah. Can we talk about the super contest real quick? Absolutely. So, I mean, one of the things that I wanted to do this year was get us officially signed up into the Las Vegas Super Contest over at Westgate, Las Vegas. It's a $1,000 buy-in, and it's a pretty good payout, of course, if you cash. I think it's the top 5%. It's really, really hard to do. Anyway, just to, but you can look at how other people are doing while while we're doing our picks. And just to let you know, out of, they got 16, well, 1,597 total entries this year uh, at $1,000 a pop. So that's 1.5 million, right? 1.6 million? Guess how many out of 1,600 entries were 5-0? and 0? I don't know, uh, 100? Yeah, even less. 66 out of 1,600, so 4.1%. So out of 4-1 and one was only 17% of the people. So we're, we're mm-hmm. in a, a good class right there. Well, you know, the key, and, and not to put too much pressure on us here, um, I'm thrilled with 4-1 and one in week one. You know, the, the key is to, to back it up. Nobody's going to go four and one every single week, but no, um, you no. know, try not to slide back with two and three or one and four or something like that. 
yeah, no, we're we're in good shape right now. Even if we go two and three next week, that's still six and four, and that's sixty percent mm-hmm. is the magic number on these things. Hard to hard to well, beat sixty percent. Yeah. So listen, let's um, let's talk about week two a little bit. Just kind of big picture. Are there? You know, we talked a lot about just kind of week one, how to how to survive, how to make judicious picks. So, week two, what what's on your mind? You know, sort of big picture. I mean, I don't think it's time to go with, uh, you know, like do or die games. There's nobody in that position yet. I mean, 0 and 2 isn't fun, but, you know, plenty of teams can dig out of those holes. So really, it's it's still, I think, early on, it's the coaches who have prepared their teams the best coming out of the gate. So maybe some of those guys that we just talked about are still going to be good places to look going forward. And of course, you know, we can use our the vision test, the eye test, and just see the teams that played the best in week one. No reason mm-hmm. to think they're not going to turn it around. So the question is, can we identify the teams that actually were playing well and deserve the win? There were a lot of games that there was a winner in the game, and they're just not good teams. Yeah. So I would like to avoid jumping on bandwagons of bad teams. Don't give up on teams we liked early in the season just because they lost week one. So Right. Yeah, I, I think one of the big things you know it's like try not to overreact in week two Mm -hmm. it's only one game and so you know listen you could tune in in week nine or week 10 or week 11 like fluky things happen right teams just lay an egg for no reason right so you kind of have to try to decipher what happened in week one you know does it does it signal real problems does it really mean that a team is not good or did just some screwy things happen? You know, they didn't play particularly well. And I think you're right. I think there's still a little bit of the week one mindset of what are the things that we do know? What are the things that we can count on? And, you know, I don't know that they're one of our picks this week, but something like the Chiefs, where you know this is a well-coached team, they had a great week. I mean, there's just no reason to to doubt the Chiefs right now. So what are some of the things like that that we can rely on with reasonable confidence versus we still need to kind of keep our eyes open for things that are actually kind of shaky. So I guess, you know, those are some kind of overarching themes. Uh, Let's see. So uh, yeah, just the layout of the games is a little different this week. You know, last week we talked about home dogs. There was a whole bunch of home dogs last week. Yeah. There's, there's only a handful this week. And then we also have a number of big favorites you know double digit favorites this week so we're going to talk about some of those and you know how do you think about navigating those kind of games yeah there's a lot of home home double digit favorites this week and i think we're we tend to stay away from those kind of games but this week we've got a couple that we're going to talk about but before we get into picks this is going to come out after the thursday night game but before sunday you want to just take a quick shot at the chargers and chiefs game well, I'm telling you, from a, a wagering standpoint, I mean, that's a fantastic game, right? I mean, the NFL, yeah, they used to just give us terrible Thursday night games, and maybe they will later in the season, but so far, <laughs> it's like just yeah. barn burners, you know, in each of the first two weeks. I mean, I think these are two of our our favorite teams in the AFC. Obviously, they're both coming out of the same division. A huge game. From, from a wagering perspective, I would stay away from this because, I, to me, I'm not going to be surprised if either team wins. I mean, I, the only thing that would surprise me is if it's a blowout either way. I, I expect, you know, pretty high scoring game shootout and really either team could win by three or four points or even a touchdown and n- nothing would shock me, you know, within that realm. I would 
say just as an aside, you know, I had the Chargers going 14 and three on my season picks. <laughs> and right. and this is this is one of the L's uh, okay. that I chalked up at Arrowhead. So I would lean that way. I would lean Chiefs here, but um wouldn't be surprised at all if the Chargers win it. So what do you think? Uh, I kind of think the Chargers are going to win this thing. I like their secondary a lot. I think they're going to be able to lock down a lot of these new receivers that Kansas City has and maybe even shut down Kelsey a little bit, although you're never going to shut down Kelsey. And then the running game, I mean, it's got a nice defensive line, and I don't think the Chargers or the Chiefs running game is necessarily all together enmeshed. They just ran into a really mm-hmm. bad team week one, and they looked amazing. But uh, yeah. I think they come back down to earth this week. And I, I like the Chargers to win outright in Arrowhead on Thursday night. Yeah, you know, I've got them, what, 27-23, something like that? Yeah, you had 27-23, and what did I have? 31-27 Chiefs. But again, I, I would not be surprised at all if your yeah. pick is right there. The spread and is I'd sport, like to right? see the Chargers win for the sake of my own Super Bowl pick, and uh, I, I think they're headed for a great season. So and, Yeah, and Justin Herbert is probably going to match Mahomes, I mean, this is the best quarterback matchup Thursday night football is going to have. So, yeah. Right. I mean, you can't get better than that. So. Uh, yeah. Unless you throw uh, Josh Allen and Mahomes out there. I mean, like, yeah, right. that is about as good as it gets. And it's about as good as it gets. So, yeah, enjoy it. Relish. Hopefully when we listen to this on Saturday morning, or we'll have some uh, a good, good game to, I guess, look back on. All right. Well, <laughs> let's, well, why don't we get into some of our, uh, our top five here. Yeah. And I think you're gonna you're gonna lead things off with your Vikings again, right? I mean, we're gonna ride that pony, ride it. Vikings uh came through big time against the Packers. I really enjoyed seeing them throttle Aaron Rodgers. I certainly think they can do the same to Jalen Hurts. But of course, Philly presents a whole different kind of team because they run, run, run the ball. They ran for over two hundred yards against Detroit. Now, it's Detroit, but you know, they did it with ease, and that's their game. That's their plan is, is running the ball and having a variety of different ways to do it, including the quarterback, who I think he ran for 50 or 60 yards. You know, I love, I love the Eagles' approach. They're, you know, I have them winning the NFC East, but the Vikings can run the ball just as well. And by mm-hmm. the way, the Eagles gave up like 150 or 170 yards to the, to the Lions or more, almost 200. In that. So that, that was a crazy game, lots of scoring yeah. and lots of running. On both sides of the ball, the Vikings love to run the ball, mm-hmm. and I think they're just slightly more efficient and better at doing things and less uh, susceptible to turnovers. You know, they're getting points again, like they got points last week. They're getting points this week. No respect for the old Vikings. Now it's on the road. You know, in Philly, that can be a pretty tough place to play. But again, the fans can get on their own team if they get down early. And the Vikings are one of the best teams in the league at getting out to quick leads. They always score on the first drive. And it's almost always 14 nothing before the other team gets going. And, and that might throw the Eagles out of whack. I am going to take the Vikings, I think, in an upset, straight-up victory here. Let's ride them. Let's ride them until they can't do it. No, I'm with you on this one, too. And I think this should be a great game. This is one of the better matchups mm-hmm. of the week. We both have these, both of these teams making the playoffs. And I think after week one, you know, that thought is only even stronger. I mean, they both look like playoff teams coming out of week one. So this is one of those instances where you're not really looking at, at, you know, a good team versus a bad team or anything like that. 
I just think, you know, the Vikings, especially after that week one performance, defense looked really good. Offense is explosive. I have a feeling if it is a close game that I I would take them. If there's a team needing to score late, I would take them over the Eagles in that kind of situation. I actually don't think it's going to be as close as your pick. I've got the Vikings 31-21. Okay. Uh, high, high scoring affair, but definitely taking the points. Even if they lose by one, Kev, you know, you still take the W on that one. I wanted to just say one more thing. You know, the Eagles didn't have to stop somebody like Justin Jefferson last week either. Like, that guy's exactly. going to open up the running game even more. I mean, it's yeah. just – I just – I don't see the – I think you're right. 31 points for the Vikings is a good number. Very good number. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, let, let's roll out a little trivia here. So I'm going to start the, the trivia this week. Okay. Again, you're not going to answer it right away. I feel like I might be digging a little deep on this one. So this this My, mine's this, deep too. So that's okay. This could be a, a sticky one, but um, it could be one of those where you just know this and it's standing right there in your brain. But one of the big takeaways from Week One was uh, field goal kickers <sighs> struggling mightily just oh. around the league. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, for sure bunch of guys um i mean in the steelers game alone you know that missed like three game winners or potential game winners so my question for you simply enough is what is the nfl record for most field goals in a game oh i think i do know this and, okay and and who and who who did it so uh, well don't answer now okay you, <laughs> you 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 might know it but I think hold I off do. on that let let the folks at home have a few minutes to to ruminate on that one. Okay, very good. All right. Well, I guess I'm I'm leading off our next game as well, and this is my lock of the week. I'm going with the Raiders. Raiders. Given, given six against the Cardinals. I have to say, when when the line first came out, it was it, I think it was four when I first looked at it. And I was just mystified, you know. I mean, you got a team in the Cardinals that got waxed. Yeah. by Kansas City at home. Now they're going on the road and playing. And now the Raiders, I'm not saying the Raiders are quite as good as Kansas City, but they're good. And they did some good things in week one. Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, I mean, that hookup was unstoppable. You know, they, they had a few mistakes, things that look relatively easy to clean up. Man, I just don't see any reason to think that the Cardinals are going to keep this thing close. You know, it feels like last week all over again they're, they're on the road now you know why would we yeah. think they're going to do do better i agree going on the road than they did at home against the chiefs so i've actually got this 40 to 20 raiders mm. but definitely covering the line is up to six now so they're and maybe it'll keep going up and then you start to get cold feet but it almost feels to me like one of those games where you, you can't put this number high enough i mean i'm taking the raiders it's kind of funny because we were we were one of the themes of the week is all these home double digit favorites. And this is the one that probably should be the highest. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it feel like it should be like 11 or 12? I mean, I don't know. Six points seems like a gimme to me. I'm I'm with you hundred percent. The Raiders are, are a good team. You know, they ran into a better team in week one. Chargers are just really good. There's nothing wrong with losing to them, Mm -hmm. but they're going to be home and looking for an explosive statement game. And and Arizona can't cover anybody. They have injuries in the, in the, in the backfield, in the secondary, their their receiving core is not healthy. AJ Green is just not 
there. He's just not. I mean, mm-hmm. so they got rid of Christian and, Kirk. And Hopkins, Hopkins is isn't back. And, I mean, yeah. you know, what are they going to do? So Yeah, I, and I, Devontae Adams last week against the Chargers, I mean, he's just running wide open. Yeah. <laughs> and it's he's, like, too, he's too good. He's unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to have two or three touchdowns this week and 40, you know, back to back weeks, Arizona giving up 40. I can see the headlines now (laughs) Right, on pace to give up, you know, 800 points this year. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, But I agree with him when I first saw the, you know, that's kind of the first thing you do. You think in your head, what should the line be? And then you go and actually look at them. And that was the one I was just blown away. I'm like, geez, it was four. Yeah. You know, and like I said, it's gone to six now. So maybe the money is moving that direction. But sure. But, but I agree with you. This could be the biggest spread of the week. You know, it could be 11 or 12. And I'd still take the Raiders. <laughs> so, I would too. But I would be more concerned about Arizona getting a backdoor cover on that. But at yeah. six, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to sniff it. It's going to be a mm-hmm. 20. At some point, the Raiders are going to be up 20 and Cardinals won't be able to cover yeah. that. Sounds good. All right. All right. Well, you got a little trivia for me. So my trivia is very particular. I'm not sure what you're going to think about how fair this question is, but I like to see guys that are getting a lot of target shares or a lot of playing time, a lot of uh, snap count. Mm -hmm. I was looking at wide receiver snap counts. Only four receivers in the whole league played 100% of their team snaps. Ooh. Only four receivers. I'll give you a tiny little hint. Uh Uh-huh. Two of them are on the same team. So we'll see if you can name any of them. Some Our listeners may have some ideas. But week one, who played all the snaps at wide receiver for their team? Oh, man. I'll give it a stab. Okay. Well, that, yeah, right. that, that's a good good question. We'll see. I mean, we'll <laughs> right. see if I have any any chance in hell at, at getting any of those. But uh, yeah. all right, well, let's take a peek at another game. So you're going to start us off with the Giants. Yeah, Giants, wow. Aren't they impressive? Saquon is back. Oh, yeah. And I saw another stat this week. Daniel Jones was the top-rated passer for accuracy. In other words, even if the ball was not completed, was it in the right position? You know, the pro mm-hmm. football focus does all these analytics. Daniel Jones, number one rated for placing the ball in the in the correct spot at the right time. Josh Allen was number two. So oh, Wow. Yeah. Daniel Jones was number one? Number one, uh, very highly oh rated. Uh, now, that was before Gino last night. I don't know if Gino was any better. but G- Yeah, Gino was pretty good, but I don't know. Pretty wow. good. But they, 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 even if you complete the pass, they might say it was not properly thrown because it was behind them or whatever. So mm-hmm. this, is, this is accounting for, you know, leading the guy, that kind of stuff. Now, the Giants receivers – have been a little, you know, one of the shaky points of the team, I thought, but uh, they all played pretty well. And, of course, Saquon being healthy brings back their ability to do more things on on, on the passing game. Mm-hmm. So seeing Saquon lead the league in rushing in week one is pretty awesome. Oh, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. And he, he's on my fantasy team. Yeah, that's right. So he, he had a huge week and good to see, you know, not just back – but genuinely back. I mean, there was a spring in his step and enthusiasm. And I mean, he's just plowing through people and mm-hmm. over people and around people. And, you know, on the other side of that matchup, you got the Panthers. You want to talk about them real quick or you want to? Well, I mean, yeah, I was going to talk about them. The Panthers are getting two, right? But it's in New York. So yeah, Panthers now go on the road after losing a tight one to the Browns. They almost squeaked that thing out. 
which was impressive. You know, they were not in that game most of the way, and they suddenly took the lead late. So, you know, I'm a little wary of picking against them, but Giants at home, fans are going to be excited. I'm saying that about a lot of games this week. But, mm, yeah. But, uh, you know, getting the getting the Giants to 2-0 and is going to be pretty awesome for the, for the New York crowd. I just, I'm not sold on the Panthers. Plus, they couldn't stop the run at all. So Saquon's going to have another big game. And if Jones keeps up his good play, I mean, he's a scrambling quarterback too. So I, I feel like Dayball's a pretty good coach. They had a nice win against Tennessee. That's a super tough place to play. Got to give them credit. And, uh, you know, this is another one of those where I'll ride them until they show me otherwise. So I like getting uh, giving only two to a bad Panthers team, I think. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I, well, I, I have soured on my Panthers. <laughs> it only took a week. I'm 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 kind of ticked off at them that they didn't uh, put in a better showing against the Browns. I mean, I agree with you. They did a few things kind of late in the game, but just lackluster effort. Just really didn't seem to have anything. I was expecting a lot more out of them uh, against the Browns and, you know, Baker against his former team. Now, granted, maybe we were selling the Browns a little bit short. I think their defense was not that we had forgotten about it, but, you know, they, they put in a better showing maybe than I expected. But yeah, and the Giants, you're right. I, you know, they just look like a team that's energized. Mm. Dayball has them kind of fired up. That seems like a perfect fit. And I think there is a little something to that in the NFL. You know, when a team kind of gets their mojo and they get excited and this was one of the team. Now I said a similar thing about the Panthers. Uh, actually, I mean these were two. My preseason comments were kind of similar. If they can make some hay early in the season when their guys are healthy, Saquon for the Giants when he's healthy, they're good. He's good. Yeah. You know. And last week was certainly a measure of that. I think you're right. I mean, if he can have a, another big week on the ground, Giants are yeah. a pretty solid pick here. The only caveat is, you know. And the Giants stop CMC, run CMC. McCaffrey didn't have a very good first week. Mm -mm. And really, the Giants shut down Henry pretty well, right? I mean, yeah. so they, they've already shown they've got the ability to slow down a top runner. So I don't know. I like this game a lot. Only two yeah. points is, is nothing. So let's go on the Giants. Well, let's hope so. And let's yeah. hope that the stinking Panthers don't let us down again. Right. All right. Well, listen, do you uh, you seemed to think that you knew the answer to my trivia <laughs> question, which I thought was digging super deep. So yeah. what do you got? Maybe you're on to this thing that the, the uh, field goal kicker with the NFL record for most field goals made in a game. So my I just I'm just saying I thought I knew it because I think I watched the game. But I, so I feel like it was a Monday night game and it was the Cowboys playing somebody. And it was like, I think he kicked seven field goals, but now I feel like somebody kicked eight, but seven, I think is the record. Is seven the record? The record is eight. I've jotted down several of the people who had seven. Okay. But the record is one more than that. And it's not the Cowboy. Oh, what year was it? 2007. Oh, was it a Monday night game? Maybe I just thought it was the Cowboys. That, that I don't recall. It might be because I, I sort of vaguely remember something similar too. You gotta give me a team, Seattle or the team name. So the nickname starts with the letter T. <laughs> Titans? The Titans of 2007. Yeah. Whose kicker was Oh, Zendejas or Rob Baronis. Baronis! I think it was a Monday night game. 
I think he eight was on Monday night. field goals, including the game winner. And I think that I, I vaguely remember that as well. Mm-hmm. He had seven and comes out and kicks the eighth one. So that was October 21st of 2007. So behind awesome. him, there, there's, there's a whole slew of guys who've kicked seven in a game, which I guess is kind of surprising, but a, a number of them are kind of in recent years. Jason Sanders with Miami, Jason Myers with the Jets, Greg Zerloin, Cairo Santos, Shane Graham in 2007, hmm. Rich Carlos in 1989, Chris wow. Boniel. He That was the Cowboys, right? Chris Boniel? Yeah, that might be the one I was thinking of. Billy Cundiff and then a guy named oh, Jim. Billy Cundiff was the Cowboys. Oh, in 2003. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds exactly right. Gonna... And then Jim Backen in 1967. So he held the record single-handedly for more than 20 years. And then a whole bunch of guys swept past. So there you have it. Well, I was digging a little bit deep. If I'm being honest, I probably wouldn't have been able to name a kicker. So um, you, you you took a good stab at that one. I'm proud of you. But All right. Okay. Well, let's, let's move on to another game. Let's get back to the action here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, game four. I'm going to start us off on this one, and we are riding with the Bills, who are 10-point favorites against the Titans. They're at home. So this is one of those, you know, there is a little bit of concern when you're given that many points, and you talk about, you know, giving up a backdoor cover. You got a team in the Titans that's, you know, they've been stung a little bit. Maybe they're going to be pumped to kind of get back in it. But I got to tell you, I mean, the Bills – coming out of week one i mean they just look like probably the most complete team in the league yeah there's essentially no flaw on offense or defense steamrolled a really good team in week one so you know is there any reason to think they're going to go home in this one and do any worse against the titans you know i wouldn't be totally stunned i mean the titans were the number one seed out of the afc a year ago but they were your team to kind of fall off this season and week one, I have to credit you for that. I mean, that's exactly the kind of game you would expect about a team that's starting to slip. I just think the bills are pretty, pretty solid picker. And again, I I would kind of file this uh, like you did with some of the earlier games. Let's just ride the bills until they prove otherwise. I mean, this looks like a team that's just going to roll everybody. I've got this one 34, 14, doubling up that 10 point spread yeah i I mean 10 points is a lot to give but boy i think it's just going to be crazy town in in buffalo this weekend they're they're just going to be excited plus they hate the titans right i mean the music city miracle it's finally they're just i mean they're just been salivating to beat the titans for so long so anytime they get a chance they're gonna they're gonna whoop them and i think you know, you're right. Titans are on my watch list for teams that are going to implode this year. This one could get out of hand early, and the Titans may fold up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not saying they're not tough guys and professionals. They're going to, they're going to play their hearts out, but they have a solid team. But the Bills are just something else. I don't, I don't see that. This is one of those games where I don't mind giving ten because I don't think the Titans are the kind of team that would backdoor cover. Like they'll just flail. When they're mm-hmm. down, you know, going to be like 24 to 7 at one point, or it's going to be 30 to 9 or something. You know, it's going to be just some kind of embarrassingly a lopsided game. I don't think they're going to throw out two late touchdowns to cover. So, yeah, I'm happy to give 10. 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, the Titans might be more inclined to just sort of let's just let the clock run down and get us out of town. <laughs> you know, I mean, not yeah. that they're going to give up on it, but like you said, you know, there are some teams that might just try to fling it around in the last couple minutes and score a touchdown or two. Given a lot of points, but uh, I don't know. I think the Bills are up to the up to the task of scoring a lot of points. And and the, their defense is great too. So now questionable. I mean, questions. The Bills don't run enough. Mm-hmm. So can the Titans take advantage of that? I don't. I don't. I just don't think their defense is strong enough to hurt Josh Allen. Right. I mean. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm happy with the pick. Happy with the pick. Good. All right. Well, I guess I should take a stab at your. So this is revenge, you know. I asked you a tricky <laughs> question a minute ago. Now, now I've got this one. I, I would say on this, I just don't really. I, yeah. I mean, I started to say I don't really know kind of what to go on here, other than you know some of the kind of prominent number one receiver types. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there are guys who you know sat down at the late stages of a game if they were ahead or something like that. Yeah, it's kind. But it's the, kind of a it's kind of a mix. I think you're on to something in both ways. So. Well, I mean, the first two names that I jotted down were Jefferson and Thielen for Minnesota, but I mean, those guys could have sat out the fourth quarter for all I know. So I don't know. So are either one of them in the, in the running? No, unfortunately, that's what I would have thought too, but no, they're, they both sat at least one play. So, well, let me throw out some of my AFC names. That's kind of the direction I started thinking when you said Mm -hmm. AFC, would uh, Waddle be one for Miami? Did not play. Nope. Let me mention a few others. What about Stefan Diggs? Nope. Devonte Adams. Nope. <laughs> and Mike Williams. Nope. <laughs> All right, I am shut out. <laughs> well, what do you got? You're missing. You're missing a guy from your favorite team's game. Wasn't on your favorite team though. Oh, for the Bengals? Is it Chase? I mean, Jamar Chase. Yeah. Okay. So the Bengals ran 87 offensive plays against the Steelers. Wow, and he played all of them. He played them all, which is really crazy. They ran 87 plays and only scored 20 points and lost. Yeah. Five turnovers to none. I mean, what a crazy game. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But, yeah, Jamar Chase played every single play. Devontae Parker played every play for the Patriots. And then the other two were on our losing selection last week. Oh, for Carolina? Yeah. I don't even know. Who who are they? DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. There you go. Yeah. Well, was, the reason I kind of was going down that road to look at that kind of stuff was to see, you know, is it a correlation when teams only have so many good receivers and they have to play them out there all the time? Because that's what I was getting at with DJ Moore and mm-hmm. Robbie Anderson. Like maybe they just don't have any depth. And Devontae Parker kind of fits that bill too. Yeah. And No, I think you're spot on. But then and Jamar Chase. Course, the other else. thing is all of – all of those teams are behind, you know, so they're, they're keeping their guys out there. Yeah. Right. That's know, another thing. Yeah. So throwing the ball at the end. That's, that's why most of those number one guy, you know, I guess I picked all other than Devonte Adams, all of the guys I named were on winning teams, which probably was not the best way to go on a question like that. Well, it was something to think. I'm going to kind of keep track of stuff like that through the year. So we'll see, see if other guys, mm-hmm can pop up there that much but it's good for fantasy purposes too you know guys are out there all the time get more targets right well yeah and that's one thing they say i mean if your team is behind all the time you know get yourself a wide receiver on a team that's trailing in every game because they're going to be throwing the ball you know trying to come back same for the quarterback yeah 
Well, yeah, that that was kind of tough, but um, hey, yeah, all's sorry. fair in uh, in football <laughs> and trivia. A little tough. <laughs> Maybe the folks it. at home yeah. got uh, got some of those answers right. But all right, well let let's talk about our last game of the week here. So we're coming back, to, and this is your this is your lock of the week. I know. I, I had well. So to be fair, I didn't really know who my lock of the week was going to be. I've been going back and forth. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to settle on the Denver Broncos this week, giving 10 at home to the Texans. Uh, you know, look, the tech, the, the Broncos are my Super Bowl team and they lost week one at Seattle. That's a little, little disturbing, but you know, they put up 400 and something yards. They just didn't finish a couple of times. They are going to turn it around this week. They're going to put up the points. Texans, I don't think have much of an offense. Davis Mills is okay. He's got Brandon Cooks. He's got Nico Collins. But Rex Burkhead is their number one running back. Like, this is not mm-hmm. a team that's going to scare the Broncos. And frankly, everybody's all up on Geno Smith having a great game. You know, they they barely cracked 250 yards total against the Broncos. So it wasn't the Broncos' defense that was the problem. It was the offense. Offense will turn it around. Jonathan Taylor had 162 yards rushing. And the Broncos run the ball. They have two really good running backs. They're going to run, well, we'll run, see. run. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's what people were saying, that they could and, and maybe should have run it even more against yeah. Seattle because it was working, and then they would sort of go away from it. Right. But, they're um, they're going to go back to it this week for sure. Well, I'm totally on board with this pick. The only thing that kind of scares you about this is, it just, again, it seems too easy. I mean, it just looks so obvious that the Broncos are, are coming home yeah, they are, in theory anyway, one of the best teams in the league. You've got them winning the Super Bowl. I mean, I never thought they were going to be terrible. Yeah. Um, and then you got the Texans, who we both at one time or another did have as the worst team in the league. You know, when right. we went through yeah. all our preseason discussion, and this is exactly the kind of game that the Texans just have no business being on the same field. They should just get blown out. And then Week One. And the Broncos <laughs> laid an egg in Seattle. But like you say, I mean, if you look at the statistics and just the flow of the game, they really kind of dominated that game. I mean, it, it was interesting because the scoreboard, like they could never kind of pull away on the scoreboard. They could have easily won that game 30 to 17, 34, 17. Yeah. You know, you fumbled twice on the one yard line heading into the end zone. That, that doesn't happen. I mean, that, no. it can't happen. It's impossible. Right. And then, of course, the you know the end of the game shenanigans and Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, so we we talked in the live stream about this. You know, is Nathaniel Hackett this year's Brandon Staley hmm. for the right. Chargers? And oh, I rail all last year. I railed on Brandon Staley because the Chargers are so talented and they should have just walked into the playoffs. Yeah. And he cost them with his coaching decisions, cost them two or three games and they missed the playoffs. You wonder with the Broncos, you know, first year head coach. I mean, I think that inexperience came through in that first game, but if they don't fumble twice on the one yard line, they still win easily. I just feel like this, this game, it kind you kind of take all of the week with week one mythology you know, that the Broncos are bad and they're just fumbling all over the place. And the Texans are a lot better than we thought because they hung in there with the call. I, I just think we revert to the mean. 
Broncos are good. Texans are bad. And, you know, they're going to, they're going to romp at home. Yeah. The, the only caveat I have on this game is that the Texans are one of the best backdoor cover spread busters. Mm. Last year mm-hmm. they did it a lot. So hopefully they've lost that ability this year. I, I think the Broncos can shut them down pretty good. So, yeah. I'm happy to give 10 more bills and, and Broncos. Let's go. Let's go. So just real quick before, you know, we're going to head towards the finish line here, but mm-hmm. you know, we're staying away from some of the other big favorites, like the Rams Packers, they're playing the bears at home, even the 49ers, you know, they're almost 10 point favorites against the Seahawks. So we're giving out the bills and the Broncos going to cover those big numbers. Any, anything you want to say about some of those other games? Like what, why are we staying away from? Well, some I think of those other teams have actual issues with personnel injuries, maybe, or just uh, maybe not meshing yet. So for example, the Rams have, I think a lot of injuries or a lot of old guys that are just not up to speed yet. And the Packers, I think have some injuries as well, but I, yeah, their offensive line is kind of torn right. up right now yeah so i mean but i think i think you know rogers can overcome some of that himself and their defense will overcome I, you know i like i like the packers to cover against the bears um mm-hmm. but oh, who was the other one? Oh, 49ers yeah i guess trey lance is the question mark and you know week one was all rain and gloom in chicago and team just kind of wilted at the end so uh i don't think we learned anything really at all but you know another team that goes home and gets to uh, they play the Seahawks i like i think of of those three teams you just mentioned the 49ers are the most likely to win big mhm rams and packers may have some problems yeah well i think it comes back to some of our initial comments you know at the at the top of the podcast like what what do we know what can we sort of rely on and week 2 you know it's still a time to kind of shy away from the unknown and uncertainty And so you look at a game like Seattle and the 49ers, I mean, you're very confident that that Trey Lance and the 49ers are going to come back and, uh, and be really solid in this game. We don't really know that, you know, and there's not much reason to expect that it's kind of a leap of faith. They certainly could, yeah. but I would just kind of hang back for another week and see what the 49ers actually have. And the flip side of that too, I mean, Seattle, they got it done at home in week one. I, I'm inclined to think it wasn't that it was a fluke, but there were a lot of conditions working in their favor in that one game, mm-hmm. you know, up against their former quarterback at home, the 12th man. So I think things will start to unravel for them. But again, let, let's, you know, just hold off for another week. And then, yeah, I, I think the Packers and the Rams both actually have some real problems. Now, Will they probably win these games this week? Yeah, but giving 10 or 11 points in the NFL, it's a lot of points. So I would, I'm very confident in the Bills scoring a ton of points. I'm very mm-hmm. confident in the Broncos coming home and scoring a ton of points. You know, I just think those teams are definitely going to be yeah. on point. I kind of want to see it from the Packers and the Rams. I mean, those teams both struggled yeah. mightily in week one. So... I, you know, I need to see them kind of get back on track. I can't wait to listen back to this on Monday or Tuesday after the weekend. And and romp in another four and one week. Ooh, four and one, I'll baby. Maybe, if, 
Maybe see if we can go five and zero oh this time. Who's who's our least confident pick? Is it the Giants? It might be the. I mean, I think the pick that you know our picks were sort of closest to the actual line. It might actually be the Bills, but the Giant. I think we both kind of hesitated a little bit on the Giants just because our preseason feeling about the Giants was the shakiest of all of these teams. Yeah. You know, all the other teams that we're going with are teams that we both really liked all through the off season. And, you know, yeah. now that the season is starting, the giants were, were kind of having to shift our, our worldview a little bit. You yeah. Know? That, yeah. We're dipping our toes in a different pond on that one. So we'll see, mm-hmm. see if we get snake bit by that. But uh, one other game we did look at though, was the Jag. So. Yeah. I was actually just going to ask if you wanted to just mention that for a second. I because mean, you're you're on to a little trend in that game. What's <laughs> well, that? That was my pick of the year last year when uh, you know we they, nobody thought they were going to do it, and I was like, I mean, I think they're going to do it, and they ruined the playoffs for everybody. I mean, they just turned everything upside down by beating the Colts in Week 18. Well, and we had just started our podcast. I think we picked that one. Yeah, we did. Yeah, in in Week 18. Yeah, we did. So we went with it. We went with the. With the right, I mean, they were getting, I can't remember how many points they were getting, but they won the game outright. And I think I was talking mm-hmm. about them doing it. And so, you know, they've won eight in a row, I think, against India in Jacksonville. They're getting four points. I mean, I kind of love that pick, but I'm going to leave them off the board because it may just be clouded. <laughs> That's right. I may just love my Jags too much. So we'll, we'll wait till yeah. they've actually done something like the other teams. We'll let them prove it first and then we'll bring them in. Well, listen, we'll give you partial credit if they do come through on that one. I mean, I think the thing that's so remarkable about that streak is they're almost always underdogs. Oh, yeah. You know, to that Colts team, even when they're playing at home and eight years in a row, they've pulled it off. So even even the year they only won one game, that was the game they won. So, yeah. Well, how many did they win last year? Was it three or four or something? Uh, You know, they ended up with four. Yeah. Impressive. The Colt. No, flip side of that is the Colts may be really pissed and ready to crush us, but uh, I don't know. I think our team is ready to stop Jonathan Taylor. So, well, and the Colts. You know, we didn't talk about it last week, but that team hasn't won a game in Week One. They're like last seven, eight years. You know, they always lose that first game. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, that's the other thing. I wish Good. I had paid more attention to that particular streak. Oh, by the way, we we did not address survivor oh this point so i mean i guess the fact that we're loading up on the broncos and the bills to give 10 points could we just kind of consider those as survivor picks it's funny because i i kind of want to use the rams this week because i don't think they're going to be that great down the road but they're going to win they're not going to lose to the falcons like that's just not going to happen but they may not you know i don't trust them to cover 10 either so Mm-hmm. For Survivor, I really like the Rams. I want to use them now so I can get them out of the way because who knows what's going to happen to that team. We can save the okay. other guys for later. That's my that's my thought process. But no, I actually like that. And so last week, our our Kevin Kev certified Survivor pick was the Ravens. Yeah, which is not really a surprise pick. A lot of people out there were on the Ravens too, but uh, we stayed alive. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with the Rams as uh, our our week two survivor pick. Did you have another one you wanted to think about, or I mean the Bills? Well, no, are... no, I mean again, yeah. you know I think you're right. The Bills might be a team you hold off 
for later because they're going to win so many of their games. You might, if you make it to week 10 or 11 and you need a pick, yeah, maybe they're there for you. But uh, so maybe the Broncos, I mean, that's a team I, I had them 10 and seven. I don't think they're going to be quite as good as you thought they were. So, yeah, you know, this might be a spot to, to take the Broncos, but I like the Rams. I think that's a, that's a good one. So we're going to certify the uh, Rams as our survivor pick in week two. I'm, I'm with it. That sounds right. good. I'm going to run down the other picks, the five pack real quick. Yeah. So we've got the Broncos giving 10. We've got the bills giving 10 <clears throat> giants, given two Raiders giving six and the Vikings getting two. Wow. A lot of favorites there, but I mean, this week has all fa- all home favorites. So I, I don't have a problem with that. That's right. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of them on the board. Good. All right. Well, for one more moment here, let's bask in our week one glory. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Four and one. I mean, for anybody who still happens to be listening, I mean, we have been looking forward to week one of this NFL season since last season ended. I know. (laughs) We've talked endlessly. So to pull off, you know, four and one on our, our first week of picks was was really satisfying and hopefully we'll be able to to keep at it for everybody out there listening and thanks for for tuning in we appreciate it absolutely thanks everybody all right kev out kev out